everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I have a close friend of mine on the show today. I'm excited to dive into um, testimonies, dive into what the Lord's doing in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, until then, I just want to introduce, if you're new to the show, welcome to Awaken Podcast. There's a new show streaming every Monday on the Charisma Podcast Network. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to to tune into the show. There's over 150 episodes now. Uh, just recently had Heidi on the show. Heidi Baker, Jefferson Bethke came on with me. Had some incredible people. John Bevere, Chris Valentin, Sean Bowles. Had some really amazing people. Some awesome content. Um, free content that you guys could tap into. I love being able to produce free content for you guys so you could be encouraged, challenged, strengthened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love doing this podcast. I love teaching from the Word of God. And so thank you so much if you are always tuning in, if you're you know familiar with the show, if you're w- listening every single Monday. You know, we used to release a show every Monday and Thursday, but now we're releasing one every Monday because the craziness of, of, of the schedule as of late. But anyway, so every Monday, uh, tuning in for a new show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and so Awaken Podcast, if you're new, this is my heart behind it. Ephesians 5.14, awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. The Apostle Paul said that to believers, not unbelievers. And so our hearts as the people of God, as the saints of God, our hearts need to be awakened to who Jesus is what he has accomplished for us, our identity in him, the tools that we have to advance the kingdom in the earth now. We need to be awakened to the Great Commission. We need to be awakened to see ourselves as Jesus sees us, our righteousness in him, our new nature as believers so that we can truly make an impact and make a dent in the kingdom of darkness and establish the kingdom of heaven. And so that's my passion. That's my desire. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And um, I want to have my buddy on. His name's Kurt Wilson. We've been friends for years. I met him in Mozambique, Africa with Iris Global in Harvest School with Heidi Baker's ministry, and we've stayed connected over the years. I love to see what his family is doing, how they're making an impact in St. Louis, Missouri. Just a little bit more about him. He's uh, the director of Pray for the Lou, which is a citywide prayer movement in St. Louis. He carries a pastor's heart with a missions mindset, which is very true. He also helps lead um, Iris Global in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, as hard as to see the local church and the missions movement work together to bring the gospel not only to the nations, but to neighborhoods here in the U.S. where we live. And so he does this together in tandem with his family, his wife, Brooke. He's got three kids. This guy is getting on the podcast with me today. He's moving to another home. This guy's like, you know, he's got he's got a lot going on right now, but he took the time to be with me today. And so, Kurt, thank you so much for joining me, man. Michael, man, it's it's a pleasure to be on with you today. And I don't even know who you just introduced. <laughs> I introduce you. You are the man, bro. You are the man. And so, um, you know, I shared a little bit about you, bro. You're in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, The Lord has anointed you to pioneer of movement. You have a heart for prayer, a heart for missions, a heart for impacting the city of St. Louis, seeing transformation in the city of St. Louis. Before we dive into that kind of testimonies, what the Lord's been doing, how he's been, you know, where he's been taking you. I always want to know how uh, people first encountered the Lord. How, how did God first capture your heart, man, and start this journey? Yeah, for me, I like to say I went to church nine months before I was born. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't, I never was satisfied with church, uh, but it was actually at a vacation Bible school, old school vacation Bible school. Come on. Where I realized like, like I need this Jesus. I need a relationship with this Jesus. And I was a super shy kid. So 
you know, the Baptists, we like to walk that aisle. And uh, I was kind of scared, like, oh, man, if I like follow Jesus, I got to get in front of everyone, uh, which was strange for me. But at the same time, like, there was something compelling me, like, I, I have to respond to Jesus. I have to give him my life. I was about uh, nine years old when that happened. Wow. And uh, from there, I was just on a journey of I got exposed to missions when I was 13. I don't know. And it, it just gripped my heart and something with missions, something with going and loving people in difficult situations, no matter, you know, if it was 30 minutes down the road or five hours in a different state, uh, just gripped me. And ever since then, I've just been like, you know, seeing the word and knowing it could come alive and where I live and in my context. So uh, it, it was at a young age, but it's been a, been a long journey and a pursuit as far as uh, what it looks like and, and my relationship with Jesus and, and how I follow him and serve him and, and all those things. Awesome, man. So when you got introduced in missions at 13, um, what countries have you been to, man? Share us a little bit of like how, um, I don't know, do the journey a little bit. So at 13 years old, what is it like your church going on a missions trip or, or what did that look like? Yeah, when I was 13, my youth group went on a mission trip, but it was one town away. It was only about 30 minutes away, but we went there and stayed for the week. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, you know, it was Colorado and the next year it was Memphis and the next year it was Wyoming or whatever it happened to be. So it wasn't necessarily this overseas thing. Actually, I didn't go overseas till uh, in my 20s when I was in college, but it was just this pursuit of missions, this pursuit of learning to serve others in different cultures and different contexts, whether it was a spring break trip or a summer trip or given a whole summer to missions. I did that in different places like Alaska, and California, just any spare time. Basically, it's like I got to figure out this missions thing outside of my context, be stretched. And like I said, I I was like the shy kid. I wasn't going to preach. I, I didn't want to do that. I'm not leading a Bible study. I ain't talking. Uh, it's not who I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but the Lord just kept, I don't know, pulling, pulling me in that direction and all these different opportunities. Yeah, man. The Lord kept breaking you out of your box saying, it's in you. I see it in you, man. He kept drawing you into that. And so there were pretty big uh, walls in that box. So it took him a while. <laughs> took him several years, huh? To really yeah, it took him those. years to, to break those walls down. <laughs> Makes sense, man. He's gentle with us, man. He leads us to repentance with his kindness. He doesn't force himself upon us or try to control us. And so but I'd love to see the journey in your life, man. When I met you in Mozambique, you were married. You had uh, no kids at the time. And um, you and Brooke, your wife, you know, you guys were so authentic. I remember, you know, we we lived close to each other on the base or whatever, but you guys were just real, authentic. You know, you guys were so cool, but you were serving your heart out. We were preaching in the middle of the bush. We'd go out on a camion, you know, truck in the middle of the bush. We we served our hearts out together. And man, you guys are solid. And ever since then, I've seen your journey to the States and you moved to St. Louis, Missouri and just share with us a little bit about that, man, because I know that you, which is kind of cool, the context of your life is you were introduced to missions and you did a lot of missional stuff within the United States, which is really cool. And then God had you do international um, as you got older in your 20s and 30s. But what was that transition like? Because I don't think that was on your radar when I first met you in Mozambique. Yeah, it was like being in Mozambique and seeing the things we saw and the gospel come alive and the way that Acts was being lived out in front of us. There was just something in me that was dissatisfied, I would say it's like, whatever this is, it has to exist in St. Louis. Like God needs, God will move there. Like he is here, but who's, who are the people willing to like lay down their life for this and believe that God could do what he does in the nations in a city that really no one really cared about. It wasn't on, it's not on the radar. It's not like we're all, all the believers want to go, Oh, we're going to go to St. Louis and they have this, like there's nothing, you know, we're not Kansas city with IHOP. We're not Reading with Bethel. We're not 
you know, Dallas with upper room. You could just name places. We're not those things. But I was like, I know Jesus wants to do something there. And I was just like, Lord, I'm, I'm willing. You know, I grew up here. I've always had a passion for this, this city as a whole. And I didn't know why. I didn't make sense. I had kind of this apostolic mind, but I didn't grow up in a, a culture that even taught about that. And I'm like, no, like, we got to see churches come together, denominations come together. And I want to see what I've seen in the nations like happen in St. Louis. And so that was kind of what brought us back, but we had no idea what to do or what steps to take or where to go from there other than, Lord, you did it there. Do something, not even the same, just do whatever you want to do here, but bigger than, than just church. Yeah, man, that's so good. And you know, one thing that I might, I might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but one thing that people always say that do missions or hear about like miracles taking place in Africa and Asia and, you know, third world countries is, oh, well, we don't see that kind of stuff in America or whatever. And there's this mentality of like God only moves in third world countries where there's intense poverty, but in the States, there's like this resistance or whatever. Do you, have you ever thought about it? Like what, what is that kind of key? Because we do see miracles in the States. Miracles do happen in the United States. It might not be as glorified as some of the stuff that we hear in different, different nations and contexts, but is it, is it the hunger that you really feel like is kind of a determining factor? What are your, what are your thoughts, bro? Cause you've been pioneering for years now. How many years have you just been in St. Louis? I know you've yeah, done some mission stuff outside of the U S but yeah, we've been back in St. Louis for about seven years, uh, pioneering all the different uh, prayer efforts and mission efforts. And I'm, I'm going to quote someone way smarter than me, uh, <laughs> Pastor Supresa, uh-huh. you know, in, in South Africa. He, he's seen the miracles. He's seen the dead raised. And I remember sitting in Mozambique um, doing a Q&A with him, just listening, right? There's this man that's seen it all. God's given him languages. And you're just getting to learn from him. And said, someone asked him the same question, like, why? Why do you see miracles in Africa we don't see in the West? And he said, well, here in Africa, we, we believe and then we see. But in the West, you want to see before you'll believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just hit really deep. It's like, yeah, we, we want to we walk by sight, man, uh, mm-hmm. instead of walk by faith. I, I do think we just have so many other things to turn to just in the natural here that are, uh, make us feel comfortable or make us feel like uh, Jesus is doing the work that we just turn to other things other than just like, fully depending on Jesus name and his, his power and his healing and his provision. You know, it's not just miracles. It's all, all the things that he is that we have a lot of other uh, crutches, so to speak, that, that help, that help us make us feel good about where life's at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I, I would agree with that a hundred percent, man. I think that there's, um, there's a lot of plan B's and C's and D's that are out there. You know, we, we know we can go down the road to a doctor, you know what I mean? And we know that we can get medicine here we know that we can, you know, just go out and find some work or whatever here. We know that, you know what I mean? And I think that we rely upon those things because that's our mentality, but that's the renewing of the mind. The scripture talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that it's not that those things are bad. You know, God has blessed America. God has blessed countries that have, you know, um, different resources and everything. But at the same time, we need to take God at his word and we need to trust him above everything else because all the infrastructures that are even solid, you know, could all falter and just be corrupt. And there's cracks in the system all over the place. But, you know, it's it's amazing when there's a person that like Heidi, man, she grew up in Laguna, you know, but she had a heart cry for the Lord Jesus and he began to encounter her and she said yes to him. And I think that's really, man, it's just, just one encounter that could really make us say, you know what? I've been living carnally. I've been living based on, you know, the, the five senses and I just need Jesus and I want him more than anything else that is out there. And so 
That's beautiful, bro. I love to hear your perspective just because you've had a lot of missional experience as well as local kind of pioneering something here in St. Louis. But a huge thrust of your ministry, a huge thrust of your ministry right now is prayer. Just tell us how, I don't know, man, coming to St. Louis, like you really begin the prayer walk and do all these different things and a huge focus on prayer. And uh, tell us your, your passion behind that. Yeah. So basically my passion for prayer starts from just failing so many times that nothing I was trying or nothing I was doing was really working. So I've always kind of had this prayer mentality and I would, I would find the secret place to pray by myself. And uh, in 2017, actually, we had, we had riots in the street again with unrest and all sorts of things. And I was broken in my spirit and my heart because I was in the middle of it because we're supposed to be the light and the darkness. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called the sons of God. And mm-hmm. it was chaos around us, but there were no believers. It was like me and three believers and thousands of people who were angry and some of them mm-hmm. rightfully so. And, and no, there was no hope. There was no gospel. There was no healing. There was no, there was no peace. And so from that, I was like, we got to get the church together to pray. And I, I called the church in the best way that I could to come together to pray. And we started praying every Wednesday for an hour. And I thought, oh, we're going to have hundreds of pastors and everyone's going to come together and we're going to see revival in our city. And what turned out is for a year, I prayed with like five people uh, week after week after week and put it on Facebook Live, not because it was a good idea, but just we were trying to get people to connect at their workplace with us for an hour. It was the most kind of like demoralizing <laughs> fight of your life where you just feel like you're losing. We did that for a year, but out of that, I asked the Lord, okay, it's been a year. What do we do? And he, and he spoke to me. He said, if you want the land, you got to pray through the land. Like you got to take the land like Joshua and Caleb. And I was like, Lord, what does that mean? He said, I want you to prayer walk through every neighborhood in St. Louis. So I was like, okay, how many is that? I don't even know. <laughs> and I, I looked it up and there were 79 different neighborhoods that make up the St. Louis city proper. And uh, I told a couple of friends, you know, you, you need a couple of those like Barnabases in your life that when you tell them something crazy, they're going to say, yeah, let's do it. And I told a couple of friends, I said, hey, we're going to prayer walk all 79 neighborhoods of this city. I don't know what for, but the Lord asked us to do it. And uh, we're going to start in January when it's the coldest and it's snowing and it's, it's brutal, but we're going to go every week. So that's what we did. We got a map of the city and every Monday we go and prayer walk five neighborhoods and just pray through them and just declare scripture, get a feel for what the Lord's doing what he wants to do. But we, but beyond that, we had no plan, man. It was just like, we're going to be obedient to prayer walk, uh, these 79 neighborhoods. And that's sort of where the prayer walking journey that led into the prayer movement that I'm seeing now started was just a couple of people saying, okay, Jesus, you asked us to do it. Let's go. <laughs> a few faithful ones, man. It's not glamorous. You know, it's not, it's not showy. It's not glamorous. It's not glittery. But at the same time, it's it's being faithful, dude, and it's believing in the power of prayer. The fervent prayers of the righteous avail much. We need to believe in the power of prayer, that we're connecting with our Father, that we're sowing seeds, um, especially when you walk a territory, man. Like, we're sons of God. We're children of God. In the Spirit, we carry His glory. We carry His presence. And so it's literally just praying, and even if you don't see something immediately in the natural we we believe that we are shifting the atmosphere we are taking ground we are casting out evil spirits like we are literally and then i'm sure you've seen just not i know there was there was powerful prayer i know you guys were being faithful to that call that god gave you and it was effective and and you and you began to see transformation there well like what are some in your prayer walking endeavors have like tell us maybe some stories some things that came up i'm sure you've bumped into people i'm sure there was crazy thing that's happened man so share some stories yeah, so every Saturday morning we we prayer walk uh, an area of our city where eighty percent of the homicides take place, and we're believing for that number to drop. 
Um, and it slowly is, but not to the level that we want to see. And uh, one morning we were out and we prayer walked these streets and we, we were getting, you know, ready to wrap up. And we, this sp- specific location, we've been there a few times, but we didn't go there every week. And um, w- while we were wrapping up, it was weird, man. All of a sudden, like the fire department showed up and, um, and this guy stopped, not from the fire department, but another car stopped and this guy got out of his car and uh, he walked up to me. And he said, what are you guys doing? And we're like, oh, we're here praying. And he said, we're like, where have you, what are you up to? And he's like, oh, I just got out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. I thought, that's weird. I don't know this guy. He just got out of his car. He came from the hospital. He sees this group praying. He gets out. So he came up to me and he said, hey, I, I just want you to know, like, I need to deliver this message to you. That when the John the Baptist came, he said, repent, the kingdom's at hand. And he said, okay, thanks. I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to go. <laughs> well, what, what, you don't, what a lot of people don't know from my story is the person I get compared to the most is John the Baptist crying out in the wilderness yeah, in, the, yeah. in the neighborhoods of St. Louis and praying. So to me, it was like, wow, this dude got out of the house. I don't know. I could have been an angel. I don't know. Yeah, Got yeah. out of the car and came and delivered that message to me. So I was like, no, 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 you're not leaving. And uh, <laughs> I, gra- I, I grabbed his hands and I prayed for him. I started praying for him. And he put my hand on his heart because what I gathered, he'd been in the hospital for heart problems. Uh-huh. And yeah. so I get to pray for healing for this guy right there. Yeah. And he gets in his car and he goes, well, it turns out he, he also asked me, he said, Kurt, what is it going to take to clean up this area? And uh, it's a known area with drugs and prostitution one, uh, by the hour motel, just a really, really rough spot. And, and I said, it's going to take people that care. And then like a few minutes later, this SUV pulls up across the street and it's a guy that works for a nonprofit uh, that's doing amazing work in St. Louis that I've met a couple of times. So I went over to him. I said, Hey, uh, Hey, Mr. Clark, what are you guys up to? And he said, oh, I got 100 students coming from the high school. We're doing Operation Clean Sweep. We're coming to clean all this up, and the fire department's going to hose it all down. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like we've been praying for this type of stuff, right? <laughs> we, we, yeah. we don't know, we're not always here, but we're here this morning. And then he went on to tell me, he said, hey, Kurt, this area actually, it's called Ground Zero. We call it Ground Zero. It's as low as you can go in St. Louis. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, I know where I'm supposed to be every Saturday morning. Like... <laughs> This is where we're supposed yes. to be. This is where we're called to, like yes. to this to this area. So we've been there uh, every Saturday for almost a year. After that, and along the journey, you know, it, it's like in the natural. We're still not seeing it. People are still on drugs, still by the hour prostitution. We're making friends with the drug dealers. We're praying, uh, and then I had this kind of wild God idea. I hope I said, what if what if it isn't ground zero? What if we call this holy ground? And have a dedication ceremony unto the Lord, like a holy ground dedication ceremony. So we decided to buy 75 yard signs to dedicate this area. And in doing so along the way, we read a, a newspaper article that said, actually, that, that ground zero and a mile north, it's actually one of the deadliest miles in America, like per capita to gun violence. Mm. So we said, perfect, we're going to get these yard signs, which make no sense in the natural and say now entering holy ground. So we had a holy ground dedication ceremony in January. And we put like 75 yard signs up and down this mile just to let people know, like, man, it, it's a spiritual thing and life is important and Jesus is real and you're entering holy ground. Now, what did that do? I don't know because all the signs are gone. Of course, they're not going to stay there sure. forever. But one thing that did happen is this area near the, the hotel where we've been praying, there was an old nightclub club and it was burned out from fires and it's where they sold the drugs. And we showed wow. up one week and the city put a notice that said, this building is going to be torn down. And two weeks later, the city tore down that building and leveled it to the ground. And it's just a complete field now uh, there. 
where, wow. where the drugs were being sold. Now, of course, they sell the drugs across the street now, but still, <laughs> like when we showed up, sure. I mean, there's so many abandoned buildings that need to be torn down. Oh, but absolutely. We're there week every, every week, and we're not seeing people get saved every week. We're not seeing people get healed every week. We're not seeing people get off drugs. But the Lord continues to point us in the right direction. Like, no, I want you here. This is holy ground. This is the holy mile, whether the signs are there or not, whether everyone's getting saved yet or not. We've done worship uh, events out there as well. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's not always the big stuff, really, honestly, in prayer walking. It's just showing up every week and seeing what the Lord does as you plant seeds week after week after week. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, every revival that that I've ever read about, every revival I've ever heard about, you know, there's always a backstory and there's always years of tilling the ground, you know, and there's people that are praying continuously and there's not always an immediate breakthrough. And, you know, we always hear the stories from five to 10 years plus later. And we think that, oh, my gosh, what an amazing time. You know, I would love to be a part of something like that. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, just look into it, you know, just don't get the books that share all the victory stories. Like at the end of the day, there was faithfulness and there was perseverance and there was, you know, wild things that took place there, you know, but I love the fact that you saw the worst place, the worst place in the St. Louis area and you prophesied life and you gave it a new identity. And, um, and yeah, man, you're, you're seeing some changes. You're not seeing you know, it's not like every corner these things are happening, which I love about you, man. So authentic. Like you share, you know, when I when I talk to you, I know you're not overemphasizing something or exaggerating anything. You're just sharing what God's doing, how he's touching people, what you're doing. And so I, I believe in your ministry, bro. I love your ministry and what you guys are doing, man. I can't wait to go to St. Louis again. Went several years back. Can't wait to go again. But for those who are listening right now that are being moved, I know there's people being moved. There's people being touched by this story. And they're thinking like, yeah, like I don't see myself in Africa. I don't see myself in Asia. Um, you know, at the same time, how could they make an impact, man? Like I know they, they you know, prayer, of course, but like just speak into maybe someone saying like, I'm, I'm moved. I want to do more. I'm sitting around. I'm not doing enough. Like, what would you encourage people to start doing baby steps in the right direction? Yeah, I would say wherever your heart's being pulled towards, go, go do something about it. And prayer walking is easy. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know what it is, but it's simply praying on site with insight. Uh, you get different insights, spiritual and natural, when you walk into a place and you kind of feel the atmosphere and you see what's in front of you and you can just go pray in that area, walk with your eyes open and your senses uh, alert and your spiritual senses alert, get another person or two and just go around and pray. One cool thing, everywhere I've been, God's already at work. You know, he's already there. I see scriptures on the wall and you'll actually maybe encounter other people that have a similar heart that you never met. Uh, and you'll, it isn't just about finding the problems, right. Or, or the worst things. It's actually, you can go and, and see what God's doing. So, um, I, I would encourage that to, to go get out, walk and pray, do it on a regular basis. Like I said, because it isn't a one-stop shop. You're probably not going to go out there the first time and get the whole household saved. I hope you are. But if you don't like show up again and pray. And then the crazy thing is people start, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Why do you care about mm-hmm. this neighborhood? Mm-hmm. We get that a lot. Like, why are you in my neighborhood? I got, when we walked to 79 neighborhoods, it's like, where do you stay? It was like, well, I'm in South St. Louis. They're like, yeah, but it's North St. Louis. Why are you here? And I'm like, I'm praying through all the neighborhoods. I care about every neighborhood, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. It's really important that we just leave the results to God, right? We're just doing what he puts in our heart. We leave the results to God. You know, the scriptures say that some sow, some water, but God's the one that brings the increase. And he brings the increase 
with patience. It says one of the parables in the Gospel of Luke, it says that, you know, God reaped 30, 60, 100 fold, and, and we reap with patience. And so it's just a matter of just continually just being patient, but obeying the Lord little by little, leaving the results to him, not believing it's up to us to bring the results. No, he's the one that supernaturally brings the results in his perfect time. A lot of things are taking place behind the scenes that we're not aware of. He's orchestrating a lot of stuff outside of our natural sight. And so um, one thing I also love about your movement and what you guys are doing is that you're bringing the church, you're bringing the churches together in this. You're not just, you know, a lone ranger out there, prayer walking or whatever, trying to build a ministry. Like, no, you are connecting with the local churches in St. Louis of different denominations, not always the same background, and you're coming together to, to really see unity where God commands a blessing. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So after we prayer walked the 79 neighborhoods, you know, it was like one piece at a time. And then all of a sudden my wheels got spinning, which I think was the Holy Spirit. It was like, what would it look like to fill all those 79 neighborhoods with prayer walking at the exact same time? What, what would happen? What could we do if we can mobilize the church and we could get the churches maybe in the more uh, affluent areas and, uh, you know, suburb areas to come into the city, cross yeah. natural lines, spiritual lines. So uh, we did that uh, a couple of years ago, right before COVID shut shut everyone's life down. Like literally one day before we filled 79 neighborhoods with about a thousand believers across the neighborhoods so of every, every denomination praying. So we called it pray for the Lou day. And a lot of people are confused. Like, are you praying for Lou Engle? Well, we're <laughs> not, but we should be, but the Lou is St. Louis, an affectionate term. It's not toilet, the British uh, toilet. We get that too, but the Lou is an affectionate name for, for our city. And so we did that. we called it pray for the Lou day. We did a bunch of stuff, but this year, actually, we did a whole Pray for the Lou week, and we had regional prayer rallies. I don't know what it is. I made it up, and it, they seemed to work. Is We would have pastors from different regions of our city come together and jointly together lead a prayer and worship rally. And we did like eight of those in six days, all in different regions across our city, because uh, you know it's like our Jerusalem and our Judea and our Samaria. Well, everyone's Jerusalem is a little bit different in our city, and people care about different things. So we got pastors to come together. And it was beautiful. They would stand up and they, it wasn't about their title. They just lifted these heartfelt prayers to the Lord, you know, guys from and ladies from different denominations, just beautiful. So we did, we did that, but it, it culminated in not just the city, but the whole region, wherever churches were in the region. Uh, we had, I think, over 70 churches prayer walking their neighborhoods at the exact same time. And we didn't tell them where to go. We said, hey, you're, you're the Joshua and Caleb. Go scout your land. What is it you care about in your communities? set your people free to go out and pray. So that's what we did. And we sent people out all over. And um, we're, we're really, you're right, Michael, it's about empowering the local church. You know, so many times the movement is outside the church, but we want the movement to be inside the church for, to bring it life. Like the church is like the bones uh, to, hold, to hold everything. And we want that yeah. breath in the bones, right? We want that, that, that Holy Spirit fire inside the bones. So it isn't something we got to do outside of, but it lives on and it breathes. We're not trying to do a, a one week event a year. We're trying to empower the church uh, to be full of faith and passion. You know, Jesus didn't tell the disciples like, hey, pray and stay. He said, pray and go. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm giving you the gospel. Don't take anything. I'm with you. Uh, there's going to be some tough times, but don't don't just pray and stay. That's kind of our thing. We pray and go just like Jesus. He didn't say, well, it's going to be hard. I'm in the garden. I'm weeping some blood. It's going to be a tough road ahead. No, he's like, I'm going to go to that cross. I'm mm -hmm. going to I'm going to defeat the devil and watch out, you know? So we're, we're trying to to instill that and empower the church like 24 seven to be out in their communities praying uh, where they're at. It doesn't, their context doesn't have to look like mm -hmm. mine. Their prayers don't have to look like mine. 
their focus doesn't have to look like mine. But as believers, we're all supposed to be going. We're all supposed to be sharing the gospel. We're all supposed to be praying. We're all supposed to be loving our neighbor as ourselves. So. Yeah, man, Jesus, our greatest example, our suffering savior. It's not comfy Christianity of just going to church, going home and feeling like we did a we did the, we did a service or you know, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, but no, it's engaging with the Holy Spirit. It's engaging in the local church. It's going out on the streets. It's believing God for transformation. It's making sacrifices. It's loving the poor and the needy. It's, you know, believing God for big things. And I think it's beautiful because there's a lot of churches, a lot of belief systems, a lot, a lot of denominations. It's a beautiful thing that we could all connect because, hey, I think that, you know, we could disagree on Calvinism, Armenianism. We could disagree on heaven and hell and what all that stuff looks like. We could even disagree on, you know, baptism and when are you saved and how do people get saved and all the different stuff. But one thing I think that all believers can agree on is the power of prayer, the importance of prayer and the Great Commission. Like there's not many debates on uh, the Great Commission. There's not a lot of people doing the Great Commission, but there's not a lot of people that would disagree with the Great Commission or disagree about the power of prayer. So even though it may look different, different contexts, different denominations and churches, we can do it together because we can get on the same page about this thing. And so I love that's a beautiful testimony, man, of what God's doing. And I love your heart behind that. And how, how do people connect more with your ministry? Um, is there a website? Is there, you know, can they come in locally to Missouri? I don't know. It's just t- give us some more information. Yeah, you can go to prayforthelu.org. And uh, right now it has all this stuff on there from, from this year and from that week still. So you can just kind of see like all the different churches and locations and just give you like hope of like, man, that's a snapshot of like all these churches came together. And we actually have a, uh, we did a virtual closing celebration, which is on our homepage where we got different pastors from the area to record prayers and different worship teams. And uh, we got in the studio and we did this thing live. And we just like brought this massive collective of people together virtually uh, for our closing celebration. So if you want to watch that and and just be inspired, like, wow, all these people came together, uh, all these different pastors prayed, you can hear similar themes and similar hearts. Uh, You know, we got Instagram, we got Facebook, pray for the lose. So it's there. And of course, soon we'll be gearing up to to start uh, gearing up for next year and what it's going to look like. So it's kind of our off season. And then we gear up and, and go at it again. And of course, if people are ever in St. Louis, they can join us on Saturday mornings. We prayer walk every Saturday morning. Love to have people uh, Mm -hmm. come by and hang out with us and prayer walk. You don't have to have done it before. Just come out and uh, it's a great time. So. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your heart and what you're doing in St. Louis, Missouri, dude. I love you, man. I love pray for the Lou. It's so cool. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Absolutely. Absolutely. For those who are tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review the podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, encouraged, challenged by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. 
Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you